not quite dead. A gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies. And sometimes we just keep it shallow. I'm your host, Megan. I'm Kate. Get ready for all the spoilers. Yeah, I, I, I'm just so excited about Blair Witch because I, I've loved it for so long. It's one of the few movies that still scares me. Like, I still get scared by this movie. If I watched it tonight, I just watched it last night. If I watched it tonight, I'd get scared. Yeah. I it's really so like good. this. Yeah, I really like this one. I watched it as an adult for the first time. Um, the first time I watched it was, I think like a year or two ago. So it was actually really fresh for me. I think that I really grew up on like um, the memes or like the jokes about Blair Witch. Like I knew about those so much that like actually going back and watching the movie like never seemed like a high priority. Um, But when (laughs) when I watched it the first time, I was like, oh, this is the perfect American horror movie. Like I genuinely believe that Blair Witch Project is a perfect horror movie it's so good so so did you uh get all like the nose bubble jokes (laughs) yeah I mean like I think if you watch movies like scary movie or Saturday Night Live or something around that time you know when I was kind of in that like you know I was a I was a kid when it came out I was um it came out in 1999 and I was eight years old oh my Um, god (laughs) So yeah, there was like no chance I was going to like actually watch this movie. But I remember like, I feel like even cartoons were kind of making fun of the like up the nose camera shots yeah. that you you got from the, this movie. It's in The Office too, which I think is funny because The Office didn't start until the 2000s, right? Like mid 2000s and yeah. it's parodied a lot. Yeah. If you don't know about the snot bubble, then you haven't been paying attention. <laughs> So you were eight years old. Do you know how old I was when this came out? Like 27. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I want, uh, yeah, I was 14. I was in high school. Six years your senior. Yeah. <laughs> Very different experience. Um, but like oh, I said, man. I didn't watch it until I was an adult. And like, yeah. I've watched so many horror movies before I, I'd ever watched Blair Witch that I think I... I had really low, low expectations for it, but even on my rewatch for this episode, I was just like, no, this is a great horror movie. They did a really good job. Oh, good. I, you know, I am so pleased to hear you say that because, you know, kids these days need gore and violence and blood and tits on everything. Just kidding. (laughs) Um, But no, it's such a good movie. It's so classic and it's so simple. This movie what somewhere between 25 and 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 60k initially right to get mm-hmm. it going yeah so cheap so cheap anyone can make a movie these days um yeah and it ended up grossing almost 250 million yeah so it just it was a huge phenomenon when it came out it just made money hand over fist let me tell you kate it was Everyone was talking about this movie. Um, we 
the internet was new. The internet wasn't really a thing people were comfortable with yet. And I remember the marketing. I remember it so well, even as a, as a kid, you know, are these people really dead? Everything in the marketing pointed towards this website that looked really low tech, like, like some, you know, any bozo could make it, which is kind of how all the sites looked back then. Um, about these people being missing and, you know, police reports and evidence and photographs of, of where they went missing and, and the woods and, and telling us about, you know, the Blair Witch mythology. It, it looked, it was, it was scary because so many of us just weren't sure if it was real or not. And that was a big uh, idea behind the marketing. You know, is this real? Is it not real? Which is crazy to think about these days oh yeah I love that could never happen again they really use the like wild west atmosphere of the early internet to just con everyone into debating whether or not this was real or not and they just leaned into it so heavy I loved reading the stories so this was directed by Eduardo Sanchez and Daniel Murek and these guys when they were um you know, distributing these films at all the festivals, they would show up with flyers of um, missing persons posters. Yeah. They would hand out at the festivals and ask people, you know, if you've got any information, like call this number. Um, They paid for a fake documentary to be made um, that aired on like a public access channel or something. And so, you know, not everyone saw it, but enough people saw it to think like, oh man, this is real. It was just like, they really understood the power of viral marketing. I feel like before really any other filmmaker did. Yeah. This is, uh, kind of credited with being the first, um, film to be marketed via the internet. I mean, primarily it was the internet and, and the marketing materials drove you to the website. They even pulled out uh, an ad in a magazine to state how many people had visited the website, which oh, is wow. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, content creators can easily get, you know, millions of video watches on YouTube today. And um, it just doesn't seem like that impressive anymore but at the time you know I think they they the number was somewhere around 21 million hits uh on the site which at the time was about 10 percent of the internet I think that's a big deal can you imagine it's a ten, big number 10 percent of the internet going anywhere nowadays is just, I mean, it's, it's probably Google, but but like any other website, no, absolutely not. Yeah. And so we all, we all talked about it as if it was real. We we weren't sure if it was real. We really wanted to see the movie to find out. It's just, nobody was sure. I do remember the mania, my sister, Emily, who we make another podcast with, take out, breakout, you should take a listen. Um, her and her friends all dressed up like the, the, uh, documentary student filmmakers for Halloween. And they sat in our front yard. They put up all these Blair Witch um, stick stick figures hanging from the trees. And yeah, they were just like wearing their flannel with their on their blankets with their 
with their hats and like passing out candy on the lawn. It was That's so cute. cool. Yes. Yeah, I love so it. Cool. I remember those spooky mazes at theme parks, you know, where they jump out at you and um, scare you as you're going through the theme parks. Mm-hmm. Um, Corn mazes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. kind of thing. And I remember um, – I remember friends going to the theater, getting sick watching it because of the handheld nature of the cinematography. Yeah, it was just, it was crazy. Everyone was talking about this movie. I love it. I I know that there are other found footage movies that came out before Blair Witch. I think the most infamous is probably Cannibal Holocaust, Mm -hmm. um, which came out in the 70s. And that was one where there was a huge amount of notoriety around it because people believe, they truly believed that that was a snuff film. And so I feel like, like Blair Witch was really the last found footage movie that could have been made because it was right as the internet was getting so big that um, it was able to be used in its favor rather than people immediately being able to figure out that these are actually all actors and this town doesn't exist. Like there just wasn't like fact checking on the internet like there is today. Even IMDB at the time put that they had been lost or potentially deceased. Yeah. They, they went through so much trouble to really muddy up the waters with if this was real or not. And it made it so cool. It was just so cool. It, It definitely revived the found footage genre, but it also, was the only one that could be what it is because now we know. <laughs> oh, for sure. Do you, do you remember um, the fourth kind coming out with Mila Jovovich? Yeah. yeah. And they try to make, they try to sell that as real. And it was just so easy to be disappointed and, and realize, Oh, it's, it's fake because you know, this, this sort of shit isn't real. Um, but it, you know, it kind of removes that fun element of maybe, you know, yeah. and so that's that's one thing I do love about Blair Witch. Yeah, it's it's such a classic. Um, this movie is super short; it's only eighty two minutes long. So the summary of this movie is just very simple. There are three college students; they're friends. They are documentary filmmakers, and they are going um, to go camping in the woods and film a short uh, documentary about the legend and myth of the Blair Witch. Blair is a small rural city in Maryland and um, things go awry pretty quickly. And I think that that's, I think that's sufficient. I think that that's enough of the plot that you really need to know because it's, it's a really slim movie and there's not like a ton of plot to chew on um, before it kind of gets to its very famous ending. It's so nice that way. It really just focuses on one thing and you really see this journey spiral out of control. And that's what's so terrifying about it. And you really see like it's it's environmental how it gets out of control, but it's also the internal politics and relationship between these three friends that like really turns up the tension in this movie. Well, do we want to... Do we want to dive in? No, just kidding. (laughs) 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 Yeah, let's, let's get into it. 
So we've got um, these three kids, Heather, Josh, and Mike, I believe, mm -hmm. um, are their names. Um, and they're like your classic 90s college kids. Like I just, I love the concept of their going out to go um, camp in the woods. And this is like, it feels like 40% documentary is like the plan for the weekend, but like 60% is the fact that they got to like rent a car and um, rent video equipment and like road yeah. trip out into the woods. Go camping, have fun. They do a really nice setup in the beginning of making these guys kind of annoying, which is what every horror movie does. But I don't think Blair Witch really took it you know, up to 11. I think they, they were like, oh, they're just annoying the way normal people are annoying. Um, Heather gets, Heather turns into kind of a bitch, but, but that's fine. She's the Heather, ringleader. She's got Heather it. Heather is a harsh character to have to listen to in a lot of She movies. is. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's a lot. She's the one who's like, she's really driving the whole documentary and um, it like comes up over and over again because she's really insisting on filming everything. She wants to film them driving. She wants to film them getting, you know, candy from the gas station. Like, and it really like, it annoys the guys. Like the guys are like, this isn't part of the documentary. Why are you filming? Um, yeah. Yeah. They do find it really annoying. Um, and, and I think that's, I think it's great though that they, actually set that up because a lot of times when you're watching documentary or mockumentary movies, it's sort of like, why are they recording right now? Just because they want to make a mockumentary. <laughs> um, but they actually build it into her character. You know, this is why we're recording. It's because Heather wants to, <laughs> we don't have a choice. Yeah. Heather's like, she's got this kind of like, yeah, we're filming the documentary, but the behind the scenes can also be used for footage for something mm -hmm. else later. So that's, that's a nice, um, nice little tie in they've got. So these guys are only planning on camping for three days. So day one, they're getting their supplies. They're going to drive over to the town of Blair, which is a fictional town. And it's, um, right outside of a small town in Maryland. I don't yeah. know the name of it. Burkittsville and, and Burkittsville is actually real. And, um, it's, it's only 20 minutes outside of where my sister-in-law lives. So I sent, I sent her uh, kids, I sent my niece and nephew a message to go check it out and report back. We'll see if they do that by the time this episode goes live. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, yeah, so they kind of get out to this um, small town and um, everything's like very quick in this movie, which I like. Um, mm -hmm. They interview the locals about the uh, legend of the Blair Witch. Yeah, and, and everyone seems to know about her it whatever it yes. is yes and this is the when I first watched this movie this is probably like not even 10 minutes into the movie but this mm -hmm. montage scene where they're asking people from a teen girl to an old man to a middle-aged woman to these two like fishermen guys like to this weird old creepy lady in the trailer <laughs> part like kind of looks like the Blair Witch herself <laughs> I know all of these people have different versions of some kind of evil element in the woods. And this just like fired up a bunch of like excitement and enthusiasm for me because I was an English major and 
Um, I did a course on um, early American literature and history and the quintessential American story, like true American literature, like from colonialism starts with Puritan literature. And one of the biggest themes of Puritan literature is um, the opposition of civilization versus wilderness. And mm-hmm. Puritans like wrote a ton of material about how the woods are evil. Oh the, my gosh. And the, and the devil lives in the woods and demons and witches live in the woods. And the only way to protect yourself against that is to build cities and to like <laughs> build civilization and basically conquer the woods. And so for like a hundred years, I'm not kidding, from like the 1600s to the 1700s, the only literature that America, like American colonialists were producing was this intensely religious like literature that had like, because you have to imagine these tiny little like Puritan towns in like from Maryland up to New England, um, Mm -hmm. where there are only like 50 people living in a village surrounded by the infinite black of the wilderness and so when they're talking about this teen girl who's like oh I've heard about a witch and an old man who says oh yeah there was a serial killer who lived in the woods and this middle-aged woman who says oh yeah there's ghosts and witches in the woods I was like this is incredible because this is like a true like to its core like American idea of like the woods being evil. And so I just it's like- I, so American, yeah. I had to geek out over it because I was just like, I love it. I love it for that alone. So perfect. Yeah, you're right. Um, man, Puritans were fucking weird. What I was, what I liked about this part, this introduction was how everyone had a similar story, but not quite the same story. Because I feel like that's very true to how urban legends get started and how they evolve. Um, There may be one thing that happened right in the woods, however long ago, but it spirals out of control. And anytime something else goes wrong, you, you tack that onto the story and it evolves a little bit more. Um, And, and it, by the end of it, it's all sort of true and it's all sort of not true. So I really liked when they were going through the town and chatting with everybody about their different, perspectives on the witch I know. Um, but I yeah like thinking about it because it's just so good it's like narrative and they so believe in it and they do every person believes in it and even these like these kids who are doing the documentary they're um they're being kind of ironic about the whole deal where they're like oh yeah we're gonna go talk to the creepy lady now and like um they make jokes about it but you know, there's some parts where later in the movie, Heather accidentally knocks over like a rock um, formation and she like, she puts it back together and she's like, yeah. a comment where she's like, we can't be too careful. And exactly. so there's something about it that even for these kids who are like really steeped in that like 90s irony where they're like taking it a little bit seriously. And pretty soon after this, uh, they do eventually get out. They get to start camping and they reach their first destination, which is coffin rock. Mm-hmm. Um, Heather gets to do a little bit of narration for her video. And, and we do get to see some of the documentary as it was intended by the filmmakers. And it's actually pretty good. It, it's really 
believable. It's so authentic as a student documentary. I love that they, yeah, I love that they choose from a book. Yeah. They choose to film the documentary scenes in black and white. And then their behind the scenes footage is all in color, which I thought was really interesting, like to watch the movie and then see like, oh, they decided to film this part in black and white because they thought this part would be, it would end up in the documentary versus the parts where they were like, oh, this is our behind the scenes footage. Which is kind of sad when you think about it. Yes. Yeah. They didn't know the whole thing was going to be a documentary. (laughs) (laughs) About them dying. Oh my gosh. And then the rest of the movie is them getting horrifically lost in the woods. Yeah. So we should just, you know, talk about our favorite parts. (laughs) It's yeah, it's a lot of them being lost. And over time, they not much time. It doesn't take much, but they start to lose it and and they're kind of at each other's throats. So there's a lot that happens, but um, as far as progress in the storyline goes, they're basically just lost for a good chunk of the movie. Pretty much. It starts on like day two. They're hiking on the cemetery trail. They're supposed to be, they're supposed to end up at a cemetery and Heather is the map keeper, which is like a huge point of contention for these guys. Um, and they, they give her shit like immediately on day two that she got them lost on day one. And, um, and then, you know, day three comes and they're lost again. And then day four comes and they're even (laughs) more lost. Like it just is like unending. Um, I think my favorite part of them getting lost is, and because I feel like we're just going to kind of jump around a little bit because of how how short this movie is and just talking about our favorite parts is when um, they're pretty deep into, into it. Like I said earlier, they're only supposed to be there for three days. And this is like day five at this point. So they're out of food, they're out of water, they're totally freaked out. And they, they find a river that they had already crossed earlier. Yes. They're oh, like so scary. It's spooky. There's like, cause they're using at this point, um, a compass. And so they've decided, you know, we just got to go South. If we keep going South, we'll make it back to our car. And so they're following the compass for a full day and they end up back where they started. And it's just like, ugh, so simple and so terrifying. Yeah. And I, I remember this when I watched it the first time, just thinking, oh, the witch is shifting the woods around them. Like, I, I had no idea how this was working. And as I've gotten older, <laughs> I've kind of had more like I've, I've, I've thought about this every time I watch it. I'm like, how is this happening? Like, they are literally going south. You can't get that wrong. So what is happening is the compass being messed with is is the map being messed with you know before it got lost or whatever but um what is it what is the witch doing is it the woods is it the witch is it is it that heather is really bad at reading a map (laughs) i don't know but oh my god that map was ridiculous it, I mean, I, I guess that's how yeah. you would read a map in the wilderness, I right? Know. There's no streets. This map is insane. It is <laughs> one of those fold-out maps because it's it's the 90s. And so it's one of those big fold-out paper maps. And it is just like crisscrossed with lines all over it. And like, 
it looks almost like elevation, it's an elevation map, yeah. like, and they're supposed to use that to navigate to a location that doesn't even have a formal trail. And so there's part of it on day one or two where you're like, sure, this was already kind of dicey. But um, I totally agree with the like, um, the assessment of like, is it the compass or is it the woods? Because um, we were kind of wondering um, if there was, um, you know, whatever, supernatural element might be in the woods is having an effect on the compass or or potentially having an effect on the the reality around them yeah where, where maybe they're not actually walking where they think they're walking um and then my other question was you know how there's those um like magnetic variant points yeah like across the u.s there's like one in, there's one in the Santa Cruz mountains with like the mystery spot. Oh yeah. The mystery spot. Yeah. I was like, I wonder if there's like a weird magnetic variance in that area. Um, that's, that's pretty that's messing, bad. That's messing up their compass. Yeah. Like whole like, woods. <laughs> right. So something is going on because yeah. the thing that killed me, that absolutely killed me though, was basic survival instinct, which I don't know if I have amazing survival instinct, but I even know this is that if you're lost in the woods, you stay still, you stay still. Okay. You stay still. I was, I was just checking. (laughs) You stay still. Second, secondly though, is that if you don't stay still a pretty, pretty great way to get to where where civilization is. Do you know this one? Uh, Follow a river follow a river and they have a river that's a flowing river it's right there and it's right there so they could have they could have either stayed where they were or when they found the river they could have followed the river downstream until they hit a highway because you will you will eventually hit a highway you you will follow a river and how could a witch mess with that i know i was like you're not you're not using what's in your environment that's stable like you're just like going deeper into the woods Oof. and then the woods is spitting you back out of this river again. Oof. Yeah. I, yeah, I was, I wondered that as well. And I was thinking, you know what, what if they woke up in a different place? Like what if the movie did that oh, to them? You know, like how terrifying that would be. I know. I love the idea. Like I feel like the woods is almost like its own character. It's a character. Because totally. Because they're can when they're camping overnight, um, they hear they hear noises. Like on one of the nights, yeah. the first night, um, Mike he says that he couldn't sleep because he heard cackling. Yes. And the other guys are kind of like, "No, it's the woods. You're just freaked uh, out. It's a deer. Yeah, you're cackling. Yeah, they just like that, that's sleep. enough." That's enough to scare me. I, I that's what that's when I start getting spooked in this movie, like right after they start hearing noises. Because it's, camping is scary when you don't know where you are. I, yeah. I, you know, Kate, I don't know if you ever went to Lake Achuma. Have you ever been to Lake Achuma? No, I haven't. It's near. It's. I guess you could say it's near Slow. It's. Um, it's near Santa Barbara. Um, but it's this, it's almost like a park. Like you go and you get your little spot and it's numbered and it's a nice grass lawn basically. And it's near a, you know, a, a lake that is, um, 
it has fish stocked in it, right? It's it's so uh, not for a camper, not for a real camper. Like that's the kind of camping I'm used to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this kind of camping is just terrifying, and having things, hearing things outside your tent, and not knowing where you are, and also you're looking for a witch, um, and and the mat, you know, there's no trails. It's just this is so terrifying. This whole, this is when the movie starts really getting scary for me. Pretty, pretty immediately, honestly, when they're in the woods. Yeah, it's, it's scary. And the thought of just being lost and the map you have and your map reader just being completely inadequate. Oh man. I don't and know what they, I would do. And the fact that um, they all turn on each other so fast, like they're ostensibly friends, but then Heather is maybe not great with the map, but also the woods are like conspiring against her. They um, are. But her friend, her friends are just like, they hate her. They hate that they keep <laughs> getting lost. And they start like turning on each other. And like Mike um, has almost a mental breakdown at one point. He just like goes and sits in the woods and like is rocking back and forth. Um, yeah. And um, is it Josh who actually like steal ha- steals the map at one point and throws it into the river? No, that's Mike. Oh, Mike. Mike okay. Yeah, Mike is the asshole. But um, back to what you're saying about the woods being a character, the woods changing reality mm-hmm. on us. Did you ever see um, any of the sequels? Did you see the second one? No, I did not. It's called Book of Shadows. Um the sequel was shit. It wasn't anywhere near as good as the original. And it was not filmed like a mockumentary, I think, which probably was smart on the filmmakers part. You can't, you just can't live up to it. Um, But they do some interesting things in the sequel with video camera where they videotape some odd things happening. Um, Like a, a woman I think is threatening them. And they have this on videotape and they think that they have all of this evidence to show, hey, there was a witch. You know, we're not crazy. We didn't kill her for no reason. Whatever. Um, spoiler alert. Too late. And and then they look at the video the next day, I guess, after, you know, whatever has, has happened has happened. And the video shows something completely different. It shows her begging for her life. Like, please don't kill me. Um I'm not a witch. What are you talking about? You know, she's like crazed and like scared and they kill her. And, um, and then I, you know, I kind of, as far as that movie went, you know, fine. But that piece of that movie, I thought really helped me kind of put together, you know, Blair Witch One, which was, you know, the woods are doing something. Mm-hmm. That's cool. People. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I did appreciate that bit of, um, world building from the second but that's about it but yeah the the it woods yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're wasted wasted potential it is yeah um but i i did find that scary and and yeah i do see the woods as as their own character it's it's terrible there's the scene where the three of them are in their tent at night it's pitch black and they are are talking to each other and they're just they think they hear something and they they sit they sit up talking for a little bit and um, eventually it 
you know, cuts to the next day. But that scene, it's just pitch black. I'm looking at a black screen and just hearing their voices. And it felt so real. It just felt like, oh, I could be camping with them right now, being just as terrified and not knowing what to do and trying to sleep. Um, and that felt like a really real scene. I love that scene. I know. It's I would hard love to call to, it a scene. <laughs> I would love to know what the script looked like for this because it just feels like they're given prompts where they're like, okay, you guys are both pissed at Heather because she keeps getting you guys lost but is refusing to show you guys the map. And then they just film them for a couple hours because it feels like they're familiar with each other. It feels very loose, very like natural. So it's just a very like, I don't know. It's a, it's a really good take on it. I don't like want people to think that this is a perfect movie. I think it's a perfect story. And I, the only reason why I'm caveating that is because there starts to be a time in this movie where every line of dialogue that Heather says is scream yelled. Yes. She doesn't stop. She doesn't stop the whole movie. She's just screaming or yelling or scream yelling every line. And it's this when she finds out about the map. Yes. When she finds out (laughs) that Mike, because um, they they think that she lost the map. And so for a full like day. Well, Josh does anyway. Well, Josh does, (laughs) but Mike is egging him on. And so they're just like attacking her over and over verbally attacking her over and over for losing the map. And how could she be so irresponsible? And she's like beside herself And then finally it comes out that Mike was the asshole and actually had (laughs) taken the map and threw it because he has like lost it. Oh man. He's like, the map wasn't doing anything for us anyway. It was just sending us in circles. And she just starts screaming. And then it's just a lot. Such good acting. I love it. She's so good. It's so (laughs) real at that point. I, I, I've had a freak out like that before, Kate, when I lost my job, um, back in 2008 or nine or whenever that shit happened. Um, I mean, I also lost it. Right. And I I was not someone who could be consoled. And that's, I really um, felt that was her pain right then. You know, she, she had spent how many days thinking that she fucked up, even if it's just one, you know, like they don't have food, they don't have water, they don't have a, a real plan for escape. So they're all stressed out. And um, her freak out was just so relatable to me. I was like, this is amazing acting. (laughs) So good. (laughs) It's scary. Oh, man. Um, I do love towards day four or so when, like, everyone is, like, high tension. Michael has admitted he's lost the map. Um, Heather, like, hates everyone around her. And that's when they they come into the area where they're going to camp again and they find um, all of those wooden effigies like hung in the trees. Yes. And that's the first like real quote unquote thing that you see happening to them is these like just wooden doll figures or wooden person figures hung in all the trees. Really spooky. Really spooky. Um, some of them are kind of like hairy with moss or whatever it is that's attached to them. Um, it feels and it's in it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Start over. I was gonna say, it feels really a cult 
Like you yes. see it and you're like, this is, this is very like witchy. Like it does feel witchy when you see it. Yeah. It feels like it's scary because they're so lost and they don't know where they're going and where they've been really. And they're hearing noises all night. And here is this thing that somebody has set up in the middle of the woods where nobody else is. You know, you, I try to imagine what was going through their heads, right? Like me sitting in bed watching this movie, I'm like, oh, that could have just been there forever. <laughs> Maybe they stumbled upon it. But no, I mean, you're in that situation. You're in the woods. You're, you think you're alone and somebody's been spooking you at night. You come into that little clearing and you realize, oh, shit, somebody is, somebody is either really bored and trying to mess with us or somebody is really going to fuck with us. Oh, yeah. You're scared. They, they've been hearing noises at night this whole time. And then they see the effigies. And then they, they finally decide to camp. And then that's the night where they hear like many noises outside of their tent. And actually like something at one point like pushes into their tent through the side of their tent and they just sprint into the woods. Like Heather, it's so scary. Heather doesn't even have like her boots tied. She just like threw on her shoes and is like, she's recording and she's like screaming. And I think honestly, the scariest part is she has the camera pointed into just like the blackness of the woods. And she starts screaming, what is that? What is that? What, and then I'm like, I remember looking. And every time I watch this movie, I look. And I, I can, you can never see anything. You can't that see anything. Fast. But like, oh, what did she see? Yeah. What did she see? <laughs> I know. It's just like everything in this movie is so um, simple. And it's so effective because yeah. we are, we're afraid of the dark. We're afraid of noises in the dark. We're afraid of being yeah. chased in the dark. We're afraid of like getting lost and not knowing how to get out of the woods. Like everything is so primal in this movie yeah. that, um, that, yeah, it's just like, I, it makes me really happy, like talking about it and like thinking about it. Like, I'm just like, oh, this is a very effective movie. Like they did it such is. a good job. <laughs> good really, job. Really good ROI on this movie. <laughs> um, but that scene you're talking about, I think this is like the very famous barfy scene. Do you know what I mean? The barfy scene? I call it the barfy scene. Um, Is it because of the snot? It's not because of the snot. It's it's the running. It's the running with the camera and, oh. and the camera shaking so much and people getting dizzy in the audience. Um, a lot of people complained about this movie because it made them so dizzy to watch. It, it's so shaky. Um, and people would throw up in the theaters. That, that actually happened. Um, yeah. I have a, a friend who went to see it with, with another friend of hers. And as they were leaving the theater, when the movie was over, they, one of them walked through like some wood chips on the stairs. Mm. And she was, (laughs) she thought, she thought they were there. She was like, Oh, this is cool. This is like, are they trying to make it like authentic? You know, like we're in the woods, like make it spooky. And, the girl behind her was like, no, that's barf. 
Oh, your poor, sweet, naive friend. No, that's barf that they covered up with with something, with shavings. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people barfed, but I... Um, I'm not really prone to motion sickness, so I didn't get it. But this is the scene I always think of when I think of um, how this movie affected people physically, which is them running through the woods, not really focused on anything, just (laughs) hightailing it out of there. And the cameras are going everywhere. And it's like, oh, what am I looking at? You're trying to see the witch because you think they see the witch. Yeah. I love that scene. It's so good. And then the next morning, they've somehow just been up all night waiting until dawn, which like, honestly, yes, that's what we would all do. No one would just be like, I'm going to like sleep this off and wake up in the morning. So they they're up and then they walk back to their campsite that they left and their campsite is not only totally wrecked, but it's covered in like slime like josh's stuff is coated in this like thick black slime it's just very it's unnerving because you're just like what is this is this a person is it a thing like you just don't know and it's only josh which is more scary for josh i know we're we're really kind of getting to the end here because Um, we, we've gone kind of in circles, just like this group has gone in circles in the forest. Um, but the big turning point is when Josh goes missing. Yes. Yeah. So Josh, which is so scary and and sad. I feel so bad for him. They, they call out for him. They, they really like, they look for him and look for him. They spend, all of day six just looking for josh and then it doesn't happen so they have to they have to camp again day six is just kind of like it's like a blip in the movie it's like super short because it's just them like the day just goes so quickly because they just spend the whole time looking for josh um there's this great line where mike says something like I think it's Mike. It's either Mike or Heather, you know, oh, we can't even find our car. How are we supposed to find Josh? And it's so true. Yeah. It's just everything. Wander in circles. It's just all conspiring against them. Then really the end of the movie, um, just kind of a bunch of stuff happens all at once. It feels like. So they, they wake up and it's only Heather and Mike now. And um, they find that there are more of those effigies surrounding them. But all of these effigies are tied with flannel from Josh's shirt. Yeah. Hey, what did you think? Well, I don't want to jump too far ahead um, without saying what it is that happened. So we, we see some flannel. We also see a bundle of flannel, which mm-hmm. is extra special there's an extra special surprise inside um so the first time I saw this I never really looked up what was in the bundle but I I always guessed at what was inside um I don't know if you looked it up or not but I don't know if you had any guesses my what I thought I saw was a tongue and an eyeball and something else oh I saw something very different what'd you what'd you see (laughs) how did you interpret the bundle 
it looked like, well, you tell that there's something bloody in there and it looked like teeth to me. It looked like it was full of like his teeth, like pulled out teeth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I ended up looking it up yesterday because I was like, oh, I've never actually checked. I've never fact checked the bundle. <laughs> um, but well, yeah, it is part of his tongue. Um, his and tongue. then teeth. Oh, yeah. okay. And teeth. Yeah. You're right about teeth. I didn't realize that his tongue was in there. It was just so bloody that it was like kind of hard to tell, but that's really gnarly. Ooh, interesting. His tongue is in there. And so I am going to skip ahead a little bit. That is interesting because Heather, she, she's the one who unwraps the flannel and realizes that there's like body parts, like in this flannel (laughs) that probably belong to Josh. She, I think smartly does not tell Mike that she found a bundle full of teeth um because this guy has already like lost it and that night um when they're camping again they hear shouting and they're both like oh is that josh it sounds like josh and they go after it and so it's very interesting that they hear hear that like screaming and shouting and heather knows his tongue is gone so who's actually shouting yeah yeah well, I guess you can shout. Does he say real words? I don't remember. I I thought he did, but maybe he didn't. Maybe it was just noises. Yeah, I I always heard it as just screams. Um and I kind of just wrote it off that way. Otherwise, my theory was, oh, the witch is imitating his voice. Like that must be it. Yeah, must be. I, I would agree with that. All right. So I did jump like yeah. kind of far ahead. I no, think that's that, fine. Yeah. I think that really the rest of the daytime towards the end here is just, um, they're freaked out. There's no Josh. They're surrounded by effigies. That night is the like all time classic scene of Heather doing the up the nose camera shot. Um, the one that's been parodied, uh, parodied a million times. Yeah. yeah. Um, where she's just, she's so scared. She just wants to go home. She's so freaked out. Um, they hear the like cries and yells. Um, and um, they venture out into the woods at night. Yeah. They have ending, to find him. They have to find him in this ending, man. This ending is so wild. So, um, they come upon this house in the middle of the woods, which like they've been wandering for seven days in these woods and didn't come upon this house. Ugh, where, where did it come from? Where did the house yes, come from? Yes, I thought the same thing. Why is this house here? Why? What is it doing in the middle of nowhere? They didn't run that far into the woods before coming up to this house. And so it just feels like the woods was like, okay, we're going to give you this house now. We're going to put you in front of this house. <laughs> we're just going to end this all. So this house is really cool. It's um, it was It's referred to as the Griggs house. It's no longer standing. Um, and it, it was a real house in Maryland that was about 20 minutes away from my sister-in-law's as well. Um, And it looks like it was built based on the architecture in the 1800s. And it was just sort of hanging out there. Um, The citizens 
of the area wanted to preserve it um, as a historical landmark, I think because of the movie. Mm-hmm. But they ended up demolishing it, which was really sad. Oh, that is sad. Isn't it sad? I wanted to go see it. I know. I have this like, like vague road trip idea in my head of like classic horror movie locations. Like, you know, the Amityville Horror House. Yeah. The Shining Hotel, which is only like 40 minutes away from me. And like all these cool places you could go to. And the Blair Witch House would have been a cool one. Yeah. It's too bad. I know. I was looking up documents to see why, how they tried to salvage it. Um, You know, the residents were trying to make it appear as a historically significant place. And they talked a lot about the architecture. Um, And it was just so interesting to see that paperwork, to be honest with you. Just, you know, all of the details that they wrote about the house, the gables, the way it was situated um the way it was built the way it was designed and and nope it's flat now it doesn't exist what a bummer it is but this house is spooky as shit it is, it is it looks like it's been abandoned for a long time um there are what looks like bloody handprints yeah all of the walls um some nice occult things carved into like the wooden beams and banisters. Yeah. And I love this part of the movie because the, um, once they get inside the house, Mike and Heather split up. One's going upstairs, one's going downstairs, but they're both filming. And I forget who one of them has the black and white film. Is that Heather? That's, uh, no, so is that John, Mike? Uh, sorry, Mike is filming with a black and white film. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And all you hear going up and down these stairs are screams of Heather screaming for Mike. Mike, she can't find Mike. And she is screaming that high-pitched, very real, visceral scream the, the rest of the movie. Thing, the really bizarre thing is that they are um, for a period of time, like standing right next to each other where the film footage goes back and forth between the two cameras Mm -hmm. where you're seeing one person in black and white filming someone holding a camera. And then there's someone in color filming the other person with the camera. And then they, they somehow lose each other in the house. Like it's almost like the house, like an extension of the woods and the house is like, getting bigger and twistier like the more like they go through it and it just like it just separates them how yeah yeah and I love how when it's when it's her footage you can really hear her scream and when it's his you can hear her coming from across the house it's so scary yeah it's just you're just on the edge of your seat the whole time because you're like something not good is going to happen in here yeah. And, and we're so, well, me anyway, I'm so used to, uh, you know, an ending uh, coming where things end up okay, pretty happy. Right. But, but hello, we've seen all of this documentation and propaganda before the movie came out about where are they and they're missing and, you know, we, we can't find these people. So, you know, it's not going to end well, but 
you know, this whole time I'm hoping like somebody's got to get out. Somebody's got to get out. And it doesn't end that way for them. I know it's, it's really clever how they do this because it goes back and forth between the two cameras. And um, so Heather's going through the house and she's, she's up in like an attic type area and there's more handprints and um, she's calling out for Mike and Mike is on the first level and can't find her. At some point, the movie primarily switches over to Mike's camera and we can hear Heather way off in the distance screaming for Mike and, you know, not finding him. Um, Mike eventually goes down into the basement of the house and it's empty except for, you know, some handprints. And eventually he gets knocked out from behind. And that's all we see from him. Um, we see we see him get taken out and, and that's that. Um, so then the camera switches over to Heather and she eventually makes her way down to the basement. Um, and when she when she gets down there, she sees Mike standing. Um, so which is weird because the audience has just seen him get knocked out. But um, she sees him facing a corner just like the locals described earlier in the movie. And so we know that this is it. This is the Blair Witch has got them. And she's screaming at him still and he doesn't move. And then all of a sudden we see her get taken out and she falls to the floor. And that's it. That's how the movie ends. It's such a compelling ending. The like, the guy just standing in the corner. It's so scary. It's so scary because... And these houses are scary. These abandoned ass houses in Pennsylvania, Maryland, like they are scary. Yeah. And I mean, so at the beginning of the movie, the, the interviewers, they prime you for what this kind of evil being could be so you think like okay it could just be um a child killing hermit who lives in an abandoned house um or it could be a witch or a ghost or um ooh, that creepy woman mary she describes she describes a woman whose whole body is covered in black horse hair hair yeah And I was just like, ooh, demon. Like, that sounds like a demon would yes. do something like that. And so you just, there's no clear resolution in the movie, like what it actually is. And I, I like that. I like an ambiguous ending. I like Me it when, too. I like it when people lose in movies. Um, like these characters lose. They no do. One, no one wins. The it's woods so wins. refreshing. <laughs> I found it so refreshing. Yeah, it's really good. And that's the whole movie. And I mean, that's the Blair Witch. It's so compelling. I, yeah, I'm going to skip right to my ranking and just say if you haven't seen it, you've got to watch it. It's so worth your time. It's so good. I want to watch it again now, just talking about it. I know. I was giving myself goosebumps like the whole time we were talking. It's funny <laughs> because, like, I. I didn't find it scary, but I found I found parts of it to be like, oh yeah, this is a very scary concept, you know, like something yeah. like that. Whereas like I'm not spooked right now, but like 
I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it because I know it's a scary concept. So I think it's just, it speaks for itself. It's a excellent movie. I would highly recommend watching it. Yeah. And even um, last night watching it in bed, I'd hear something out our window and we live on the third story, right? Like you know, things right outside our window. <laughs> You're like, the Blair Witch is going to get me. <laughs> and I'd hear something and I would like jump and look and I'd be like, oh, it's just this movie. It's freaking me out. <laughs> but it still gets to me. It's it's one of the few movies that, that still really scares me. And I, God, I appreciate that. I really do. Not many movies do that for me. And I remember when it came out, telling my dad, I think this is the scariest movie I've ever seen. And and I've told him that since. And he is of, you know, of the exorcist age. And he just looks at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I still find this movie so scary. So I recommend it to anybody who wants a, a scare fix. And especially if you haven't seen it, man, what a time capsule, you know. They don't even have cell phones. It's not that the cell phones don't work. They just don't have them. It's so great. (laughs) Yes. I love that this movie is like so of its time. Like, I'm not sure if you've seen, have you seen any of like the more modern, like found footage movies, like Unfriended or like even Paranormal Activity? Definitely Paranormal Activity. I love that series. I haven't seen, I haven't seen the other one you're talking about. Unfriended is a found footage. Um, the concept is these friends are all like Skyping each other and something is like haunting them and they're, they all like capture it through their webcam footage. Oh um, yes. This sounds familiar. Yes. Yeah. I, and so I actually thought that that was a pretty good execution of a concept um, for found footage in the like internet cell phone age. Um, because I think that that Mila Jovovich movie you were talking about earlier, um, with like found footage is like, it's just not believable unless you like really build the technology into Mm -hmm. it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I think that, um, I think that this movie is really effective and it was done on such a cheap budget and made so much money. Like, Okay, so it looks like Eduardo Sanchez did um, a bunch of other horror movies. So he did Blair Witch on the 2016 follow-up. He did Lovely Molly. Oh, and Blair Witch Book of Shadows. So he's been involved with all of the Blair Witch sequels. Mm. And in a couple of other horror movies. So it looks like he's really stayed in the, the horror movie genre. Um, I'd be curious to check out his other stuff. It does look like he he was involved with all of the other Blair Witch sequels. So that looks like his main his main deal. Yeah. Neither of which live up to the original, I'll say, but I still enjoyed watching them. Yeah, I mean it might be might be worth like a like a long weekend <laughs> chain the Blair Witch movies. Yes. Um, should we tell the listeners about our new segment for this season yes so for this season season three we thought that it would be fun to do a little promotion listener engagement so starting on the day that this episode releases um friday october 16th all the way through the end of our season so um that's going to be mid-december um 
we will um, offer a free sticker that we will ship to you guys um, totally free of charge. Um, if you go to our Instagram page, like the episode post, share the post to your own feed, and answer in a comment our in-episode question. It sounds like a lot. It's super easy, and we'll have the it's rules. It's fine. It's so fine. This is how every promotion works nowadays. You just got to like and share and then answer a question in a comment. Um, and then you get a free sticker. Like, it's so easy. <laughs> yeah, guys. Don't you want a sticker? I do. So make sure to follow us at Not Quite Dead Podcast um, if you don't already. And uh, Megan, what is our question for this episode? Okay. So I, yeah, I, I think this this question's perfect for this movie because I contend with it all the time. Would you rather be lost in the woods or attacked by a witch in the woods, but at least know where your car is? (laughs) (laughs) Very, you know, reasonable choices. Yeah. You know, you can either be stumbling around lost in the woods, mad at your friends, or you can be attacked, but with a marginal chance of escape. So the choice is yours. Do you have an answer, Kate? I think I'd rather be lost in the woods. Me too. (laughs) I do not want to deal with witches. I would stay put or I would find a body of water. Yeah. Which they could have done either one of, but chose not to do either. I know. They're poor adult brains. But yeah, so um, follow us on Instagram, um, like and share, and tell us if you'd rather be lost in the woods or attacked by a witch in the woods. But know where your car is. But know where your car is. And then get a free sticker that is uh, Blair Witch themed for this episode. Well, thanks for listening to our first episode of season three. We're so happy to have you and we're very excited for this season. Make sure to tune in each week so that you can get a rundown of a really cool indie horror movie. From us to you. This was Not Quite Dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Not Quite Dead Podcast. And follow our blog for bonus content at notquitedeadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Happy watching.